this is uh, Gala, for those who don't know, and Jean, his wife. They make an amazing team. Um, oh, thank you for, for worship. But, oh, Lord, we thank you for Gala and what you've put on him, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing, Lord, of God, Lord. Just, Lord, that you anoint him to teach, Lord, that it be your words, Lord. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for, for a man of excellence and of zeal, Lord, for you, and un- uncompromising conviction, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you uh, bless and bless our ears, Lord, to hear what the Lord says, not what he's not saying, but, Lord, what you're saying, Lord, and not what we interpret, Lord. I pray, Lord, for ears to hear, Lord, and see the heart of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, so let me just get prepared, yeah? So I'm going to be sharing, um, but it feels like we've already touched on it. Ruan, like, did the intro. I felt to share on the elders um, today. Um, but yeah, briefly, a bit about myself. So my real name is Gareth, not Gala. Um, I have uh, apparently, according to some people, two personalities. Gareth is my serious and Gala is my funny. Um, and apparently, if you call me Gareth, then you think I'm a serious human. If you call me Gala, you think I'm funny. Anyway, I don't know. But uh, you can call me either or. And uh, as Ruan said, Jeans is my wife. And um, yeah, we're we in team. And our marriage is quite similar to our time in this congregation. So it's the same period. So yeah, we're so grateful for you guys in our lives. And it's been huge for our first year and seven months of marriage. So yeah. Cool. So... I think it's all clear now that the elders are not here, and um, <laughs> there's a bunch of people that don't really know what we're doing, <laughs> and we're trying to lead and, and love and actually just find God's heart today. Um, and last year, we had this situation, and I think Clint shared a word, um, but we actually just worshiped for like, I think it was like almost two hours, and the Lord was just breaking down the boxes that we need elders in place for God to come and speak. He, he showed us, actually, that we can all come. Um, and we all have the spirit. Um, but I think today, what it feels like, um, and even maybe in worship, I don't know about you guys, but there's a sense of like hesitancy, and almost as if our spiritual parents are not here, um, and a, a sense of even uncertainty of like, what's this time going to be? We're so used to having them here. Um, and uh, Jeans is a teacher, and uh, often she comes home and tells me all sorts of stories about the little ones. Uh, a lot of them are your kids, actually. Um, but... They're all the eldest kids, <laughs> even better. Um, so they're all well-behaved. But there are kids that naturally just have had um, hurt in their lives. And you can actually see when a child feels unsafe. You can see, see when they have experienced trauma. And you can see when they've felt neglected. It's really evident. Um, and while we're not going to start acting out here just because the elders aren't here, there can be a spiritual acting out when there's a deficiency in um, you're not having a covering, not having protection. And I feel that today the Lord wants to, actually the, the image I had was that God was going to come with a fine-toothed um, comb or brush and just start to comb through some things, taking away all the loose hairs. And actually we would be one line, like long lock of, of hair that is just aligned in Christ and aligned under his structure and his, in his ways. So, yeah, open your hearts to, to those loose hairs that might be there um, from past, etc., and let the Lord come and come clear away so that we can all, when the elders come back, like, it's going to be all of us going for it. Cool. Um, a quick disclaimer. 
Um, this is not going to be like a theological exegesis of the text or anything like that. Um, there's multiple resources that I can point you guys to, but just a few things that I think are important for us to hit the nail on the head. Um, cool. And uh, some noise as well. It's, a, it's scary up here. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Awesome. Cool. That feels so much better. So Ruin, Ruin stole my slide, my one slide. Can you put it up? Put it up? So, so, so here we have the elders. Who are they? And uh, I felt to get the, the, the images up just so we can realize, guys. Have a look. Look at their pimples. Look at, uh, you know, I mean, Janine and Paul look perfect in that picture. But um, get to know them and realize that they are humans. And I felt that um, we need to realize that these are humans. These are our friends. These are our family. Um, and they are special people to us. They um, haven't all, always been elders. They didn't come out the womb, elders. They're, that was a role that was given to them, but they are, they are friends. Um, cool. Cool. Then uh, could you pop up uh, the scripture Ephesians 3, 8 to 10? So now, now this is Paul speaking, and um, he's talking about the mystery of the church. So he says, Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles. Now, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His, God's, intent was that now, through the church, the manifold, that's not manifesting Gen Z's, the manifold, the many different ways in which the wisdom of God comes through, um, should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Cool. Cool. Off the bat, who grasped that whole thing? Put your hand up. Great, that's what I wanted to know. Um, so that's a piece that we're going to get back to later. So you can leave it up there. What I felt to do was actually just go back in time a bit to God's initial purpose for us as people. So we see in Genesis, God says that he made us in his image so that we would rule and care for his creation. Okay? So there's an element of that. We reflect God. Then uh, I think the prophet Micah um, said it really well and said, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with the Lord. Okay? So there's a walking with God that He created us for. And the last one, Jesus summarizes it all and He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. So to summarize Jesus' summary, we can say that um, God created us to reflect himself to creation, to walk with him, and to love like him. And that includes loving him. Okay. But sin entered the world. And Adam and Eve were the first disobedient kids of God, uh, the first naughty ones. And because they opened up that doorway to disobedience, it uh, went down through their descendants, and we are a product of Adam and Eve. And so uh, we inherently, when you are born, you have this capacity to disobey, to sin. And uh, that became a problem because now how are we supposed to reflect God or creation? How are we supposed to walk with God? And how are we supposed to love like God when we have this internal um, sin in our lives? Okay. God then made a way. He, uh, or tried to make a way, he chose a group of people called Israel, his people, 
And he said he's going to use his people to reflect the glory and he's going to make a way that through sacrifices, we can take all of our sin and replace it with the death of an animal. Every single day, people had to do this because every single day, people were sinning. And the bar was set, like, so high. And um, we had God, like, for many generations, was so patient with his people, often saying, come back to me, return back to me, repent back to me, come and give me your heart again, give me your life again. Um, so often he did that. Um, but there came a time where God actually had a mystery that was hidden. And it's beautiful. This mystery was hidden from uh, even the, the prophets and the angels. So... Let's, let's go back up to that scripture. It's still up. Great. So Paul now says, Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So there's this mystery about the administration, how this mystery was supposed to be played out. That was the role of Paul. One of the roles, he was to show us, actually, there's this incredible mystery that's been hidden in these sacrifices and all of this that one day was going to get revealed. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms. So even, and uh, the prophets that were like 700 years before were pointing at this day. I don't know, if, do you guys remember when Luke did that um, image of the prophets pointing and they pointed at Jesus and then they pointed through to Jesus' coming, but they missed the dip, which was the church. And so the prophets, Isaiah, um, who was over 700 years before Jesus, prophesied about the coming of the Christ. Um, and then Peter, 1 Peter, uh, 1.12, Peter says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. Now he's talking about the prophets. That they were not serving themselves. They weren't talking about their own uh, situation. Uh, but they were talking about us, about you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And then it says, even the angels long to look into these things. And uh, I felt to just pause there. We're going to jump into a bit of stuff on the, on the elders. But I wanted to just go back and just work out just so that we know that like, even the angels are like, at awe of what's happening. And that uh, God's redemptive plan meant that there's this church, this body, um, that is, is worth spending time looking at. It's worth understanding. Cool. So I just thought, let's just close our eyes for a moment and, and pause and thank the Lord. So, yeah, Father, would you come and would you give us revelation, Lord? Would you... Would you show us what it is that you revealed to the prophets of old and, and now have revealed through your son Jesus, Lord, when you came and you purchased us and you made a way for us to have a relationship with you, Lord? Would you help us walk with you? Would you help us love like you? And would you help us uh, reflect you to all of creation? In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So the first point about, um, that I would like to dig into is uh, the word authority. And I know it's a touchy one nowadays. Um, so authority, yes, it does mean that it is the right or power to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. So that does mean that. But more than that, it is to rec recognize the legitimacy in that power. So if you don't recognize that that power or that rule or that authority, like a scientist, is uh, legit, you're going to rebel. You're not going to obey that. And uh, I think to understand true authority, you need to understand that this is a legit responsibility that is there. And um, so in the church, who is our authority? 
And uh, we know God is the highest authority. God is at the top, okay? And God, fully one, is also fully three. I'm not going to get into that now. But there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they work in perfect union. And Jesus said in John 10.30, he said, I and the Father are one. But then Jesus said something very interesting later on when he said in Luke 22 and 42, he said, Father, as he was going to the cross, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. So they're one. But Jesus is recognizing that there is an authority and a direction in the Father that Jesus must submit to. And it's not an authority of value because they're one. It's an authority of purpose and of function. So the Father has a function to play within the Godhead. Jesus has a function to play with the Godhead. And after Jesus came and did the restoring work so that we could now have a relationship with God, how are we going to love God and reflect Him? He had to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit plays the function in us to actually restore us into his image and help us love the way that we were always meant to love. Cool. So then within the church, Jesus is the one that did the restoration. And so in Ephesians 1, to 23, it says that, and God placed all things under his feet, talking about Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, and the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. So that's why we can meet today, and we don't need a priest or someone specific that can connect with God. It's because God is our head here today. And I think that that's a joy. That's something that we're like, wow, like all of us can seek the Lord together. Okay. Now, in terms of actual functions within the body, uh, I've picked out four that we see in Scripture. Okay. And um, you might have heard Ruan saying things like the apostolic, the elders, all of those things. Um, I do want to touch on those. So the first is the apostolic. And they carry various functions. And uh, they're people that are... Their task is to translocally go into people's, into different churches and bring health. It's a gift that the Lord has given them to do that, but that is their job. So they work with the local people. But then locally, we've got elders. Locally, we have people of authority. And uh, each church will have their own eldership team. Okay. And uh, the elders, other names for elders are bishops or overseers and uh, sometimes even pastors because that's their role. They are shepherding, they are protecting us. And then you get deacons. And deacons, they uh, are servants, helpers, or ministers. And often, um, and in many spaces, deacons purely just do the physical stuff. But we see in Scripture that they actually do spiritual and physical serving. Um, they are ministers, actually. And they're the hands and feet so that the elders can focus on. Um, uh, what the elders focus on, and I forgot to touch on this, is doctrine, discipline, and direction. Okay. Um, Acts 14.23 says that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. And so these elders are prayerfully considered. They're not just, oh, there's someone that I can pick. You know, they are, they are chosen by God and they're prayed uh, through and they are tested. We'll get to that. And 
What's the fourth office or the fourth, fourth function? Does anyone know? What is that? The saints. Okay. It's so easy to just think there's the apostles, there's the elders, there's the deacons, but there's also the saints. If the saints don't exist, there's no point in having those three. And if those three don't exist, there's no point in having, well, actually, then we're going to be loose cannons. Um, we're not going to be able to function within the body. There's not going to be people actually really concerned and trustworthy to lead us. So that means if you have a function in this body, you can put your hand up now. There we go. Cool. We all have a function. We all have a, play, a role to play. And I think it's important that like, that settles in us, um, that we, they're given to, to us so that we can actually be the hands and feet to the world. Okay, and then now that Jesus has um, appointed these elders and given them authority, authority doesn't come without consequence. So, in fact, um, since, doc- since elders are required to teach doctrine and to give us direction, uh, one of the qualifications is that they're able to teach. doesn't mean that they have to be great teachers, but they do need to be able to teach because they have to be able to direct us. And if we're going in the wrong way, they have to be able to show us in the word why is it that we need to go in that direction. Um, and then uh, James 3.1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So all those elders up there, those normal people, they're going to be judged more strictly when they teach. And uh, anyone that actually stands up and teaches, myself included right now. And then responsibility. Um, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account Obey them so that, they will work, so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. And um, I've heard it said that the elders, when they meet, they talk about each one of us as if they're going to walk us down the aisle because it's basically saying they're going to give an account for us. And uh, Paul later speaks of actually presenting. He says, like, we're going to present them to Jesus one day. Um, so they sit, and I've heard that sometimes, even in elders' meetings, they'll talk about one person the whole time, just because they care about us so much. And I think it's really important. But in that scripture that says, you know, submit unto them, and they're going to give an account for us, there's a role that we can play, and I've often thought of it this way. The way in which I come under them, I can help them stand better before the Lord. Like, I can, I can say, I want to help Luke. Actually, one day when he stands before the Lord, and he says, this is how I help Gala. Um, I, I can do that um, in the way that I help him. So we have a role in, in that, and that's our love to them as well. Cool. Okay, so that's authority. Now, authority is an important thing, but authority uh, we don't just see is given to one man at a time. We see that they play in team. That's why there's a whole big group um, of them. And um, it's, to lead a church by yourself is too much. Only Jesus can do that. He is the head. Um, so yeah, we always see this collective, um, and here are some examples. In, in Acts 15, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, now he wasn't an apostle, he was just the brother of Jesus, um, but it does look like he was an elder in the church of Jerusalem. Um, there's sitting Paul, who's an apostle, Barnabas, who's an apostle, and uh, there's an issue about circumcision, and they're trying to work out, should the Gentiles, anyone that's not a Jew, actually get circumcised? And uh, they're busy discussing it, and James stands up in this, you can go read it in Acts 15, and uh, he just explains why they are now free 
to this and settles the deal. And for that reason, all the men in the house can, you know, that aren't Jews. It's, it's great news for us. Um, but uh, in, in James doing that, um, he, was, he was representing that even the apostles recognized that there's a grace on James in that moment. They recognized that the Lord was speaking through him and they were able to come into a relationship with him because it's not about them. Um, and then in Galatians 2, you see Peter, the apostle, who is supposed to be the rock on which Jesus would build his church. Jesus said, you are the rock. I'm changing your name. You're the rock on which I'll build my church. Um, actually started behaving and doing the old Jewish customs when some Jews came into their church. And Paul called them out in front of everyone and said, um, Peter, you have not lived this way. Why are you suddenly living this way? You're leading other people astray. And that's apostle to apostle. Um, and so we need the team. If there's just one person, it will fall over. We need that accountability. So then why do we call Luke our lead elder? Um, well, we do see gifts in the Bible. And we see in Romans 12, it speaks of seven gifts. And there's more. It's, ex- it's not exhaustive. Um, but it goes in names. So prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, mercy. And right at the end, or second last, it says leadership. And so even within a team that's wholly submitted to Jesus, there's someone in that team, maybe one you know, has the gift of prophecy within that team, one has the gift of serving, but someone has to play the role of leadership. And so we see leaders rise up in any team, and that's not just for the elders, that's within comms, that's if you go on an outreach, you know, we need to find who are the people that can lead, but then who are the people that are generous, who are the people that can serve, and we all play our part. Cool. So to solidify this, and then I'm going to call Ruan up to share a testimony, um, influence does not define value. The world will say that, but influence does not define value. And in fact, uh, according to Jesus, the most influential of all humans ever to walk the face of the earth was considered the least in the kingdom. Who knows who that was? Jesus said that the most influential person on the earth is considered least in the kingdom. Does anyone know who that was? Yes, John the Baptist. Jesus said, truly I say to you, among those born of women, she's, she's trained, she's well trained. <laughs> but I think this is crazy. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And uh, Ruan has a testimony on uh, the elders. Hello everyone. Hi again. Um, yeah, um, some of you might have heard this testimony, but um, uh, before I joined Joshin, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I basically grew up in like home church. So we went to conferences, and if there was an international speaker, and, uh, and there was a lot of emphasis on the power of God. And so I, when I grew up and came out of school, um, I, I still went to these home churches because that's all I knew and um, but through time you see people's character um, and in seeking power what what it does is it it builds pride in your own life Um, and like me and a friend we we drove past the church in gardens one day and we said like we won't join that church there's too many girls like our focus is on Jesus alone and like and it's it's funny but it it was actually just pride um and 
it took me a while to see fruit in people's lives. And a lot of churches, um, and there's uh, other churches and beautiful churches, but in, in my experience, I've seen where people have got such amazing giftings and, and they, they um, use that and people see that as a, a thing of character, but it's actually only through time and consistency and getting to know people, you see their character uh, form. And I unfortunately saw a lot of bad character and I saw amazing gifting and God moved amazingly. And I thought, well, if people just saw miracles, if people just see, um, get a prophetic word, then they're going to believe and continue on believing. But in my experience, that was not the case. Um, People, even in Jesus' time, Jesus did many miracles, and Jesus said, it's worse for you because you've seen the miracles and still you don't believe. And that's where, like, God was just working in my heart in, like, humility. And um, at one stage, I, um, God just really spoke to me and said, go and submit at Josh Jen. And that was quite a, quite a strong word. But I said, okay, Lord, if this is you, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm all, I'm all in. And um, I was actually dating a, a, a girl uh, back then, and we, we joined Josh Jen. And we eventually broke up um, uh, in that. And, and yeah, things happened. And, and at one point, Luke had to like, uh, reprimand me. And I was like crying. I'm like, that's not my heart, Lord. But like, I submitted to it because... That thing of, I believe, like, love believes the best. And, like, that he wanted the best for, for me. And, and in that, I was, like, learning, learning to submit. But it was still hard. I, like, came into our community and I was, like, I wanted the things that I've seen before. And at one stage, um, Luke told me, like, I want you to learn uh, to love people. And something shifted when he said that, and I submitted to that thing. Because it's easy to be critical, it's easy to say, oh, you should have done that and, and this. But when you actually have to love people, when actually you have responsibility to take care and, and for, for others, that's what you really see, like um, the, how hard it is. It's easy to be critical, but it's hard to take responsibility. And that's where I've just seen the safety of the elders. And um, they are there as guardians, as guide rails for us to, to work and do the things. And they've given us freedom. They allowed me to come and uh, lead the service here this morning. But it's the thing of relationship. And I had to learn to, to open up my life, to be vulnerable and say, like, this is my life. This is, this is what's going on. This is in my heart. Can we wrestle? Oh, um, George has an amazing gift to make things that look hectic, look so easy um, and simplistic. And uh, I've had many chats, and we've, because of that, I think something in my character, I was an orphan, and it took me a while to become a son in the house. That we're not just here and overlooked and no one cares really for me. And like the enemy lies to us, um, but it's like he actually invites us to be um, a child in the house. And, but we've got to believe it. 
but love believes the best. And like even if elders have a moment of, of flesh and they make a mistake, like this, even you know, between us, like we can forgive one another. And that is, that is what the church is. Like uh, Jesus says, like they will know you by the love you have for one another. And it's out of that heart, it's a thing of humility and beauty and seeing God as the head. And through, through that, um, uh, people loving one another. And so, yeah, I've been married and we lead a community and like really like took responsibility because it's, yeah, it's really, that's where a lot of the growth comes and becoming a deacon is like trying to make the work of the, the elders easier so that we all can go and, and, and preach the gospel. So the fruit just in my own life has been just amazing and um, and that thing of that elders submitting to one another and learning to trust them, learning to to open our lives and being vulnerable to them. Um, yeah, it's really been a blessing to me. Oh, thank you. So preaching itself was amazing. Um, cool. Then uh, I want to touch on the wisdom of the elders. Um, so Jesus says in Luke, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Um, remember getting stuck on that line and just trying to understand what on earth is Jesus saying. And what he's implying is that to see if there's wisdom, you look at the fruit of the person, or you look at the child. Um, and so um, we showed the pictures of the elders. If you want to know if there's wisdom in the elders, get to know them. Hang out with them. Go, like, put yourselves in their lives. I know, I think Ken Sani sits on Sunday's couch for hours at a time. She just invites herself over. And uh, for that, she's getting to know Zandi so well. Um, so there, there are um, qualifications, very strict qualifications for the elders, and I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, uh, you can go look at them in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus. Um, but one of the, oh, I want to touch out a few. One of them is testing. And uh, in 1 Timothy 3, 6, it says about an elder, he must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And I think that's quite profound because you can have all the gifting, you can have the anointing, you can um, even have fruit, but sometimes there's actually just having walked the race. If you go speak to any of the eldership couples, they have stories. And uh, you'll only know if you put yourselves in their lives. They have stories, they've lost people, they've lost kids, um, they've experienced the pains of life like we all have. Um, and even through that, they're tested genuineness of their faith has come through. And um, they now have wisdom. Like you said, George. George doesn't just, doesn't just wake up and he's got wisdom. The man, he watches a lot, he reads a lot, and he's had life lived. Um, yeah. I uh, Also just on the process of eldership, I, I know someone that um, for many, many years has actually been processing whether or not the Lord wants that per- him to come into eldership. And to this day, he's still not an elder. And it's actually a good thing, because the Lord must do that work, and uh, we must be content with the place that God has for us, and only go into responsibility. Remember, there's consequence, so only go into responsibility when the Lord has said, okay, I'm going to give you what you need, and you're you're ready for it. Cool. Um, Cindy, do you want to share your testimony? 
Hi, guys. Um, I'm Cindy, for those who don't know. And my testimony is just about, also about trusting the elders. And I got married a few months ago to Kevin. And uh, for, for a while, we've been looking for a place to stay. And we were kind of considering, should we stay on our own? Because it's like, yeah, we just got married. But then also, we were thinking about helping a friend out who also needs a place to stay. And we were thinking about staying with a friend and, yeah, just to have a loving environment and do it together. And that was really exciting for all of us. Um, but then upon praying about it some more and with every decision we've learned to come to a place to go to, to specific elders who, who we walk with, which just means sharing your life and opening up your life to them. And after talking, we spoke to George actually, um, you know, he gave us advice and said that for where you are now, it's better for you to just stay alone, actually focus on your marriage. Um, and you can still be there for your friend and love your friend, but it's just, she's on a different journey. Um, and it really resonated with us, like, in our hearts and stuff and what the Lord was saying. But we, like, for us, it's been, I'm so thankful that we have support like that, like, parents, basically, healthy parents. Like, not all of us grew up with healthy parents. So it's like the Lord has given us these healthy parents who can speak into our lives. And they gave us such good advice, like, with a different perspective that we didn't see. Um, and we're just so thankful. And when we were talking about it, I was like, I don't understand why more people don't confide in the elders, why more people don't reach out to them. But, I mean, I've also been there before. And it's like sometimes you're scared or you think you don't want to burden them. Or you could have a variety of reasons for that. And it could be legit. But just want to encourage you guys like that the elders have actually chosen to sacrifice their lives. They've chosen to love you intentionally and chosen to pray for you and they take the time to do that and that's their commitment to God. Um, so just like give them a chance to love you well and like open up your heart and get into their houses and get into their spaces. They're very welcoming and yeah, just give them a chance because sometimes we need that loving, covering, that wisdom, that guidance that we don't even know we need. So yeah, that's me. Cool. And then the last um, point I want to talk about, and we've touched on it, but it's just the safety. And um, Paul uh, speaks to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20 and says, I don't know if you have it. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. And um, if the angels are so intently looking into this mystery, you can imagine what the enemy is trying to do. He is looking at this and he's thinking, I need to disrupt this. And um, it's not to say that when you come into the body of God, it's just going to be all rosy and all easy, that uh, there will be situations, there will, the wolves will come, there will be Sunday services where things go haywire. And if I start teaching you something completely whack right now, who's going to come and correct me, help me get on the right track, and protect you guys from following a false teaching? Um, so they have this role to play in actually being aware of what's going on. And um, it is a good thing for us to actually realize that we need to all be on our guard. Who's coming into our family? Who are we relating with? Do we know everyone in the family? Obviously, it's very hard. It's a big family. But are we trying to understand people and to make sure that what we have here is precious and it's beautiful 
and the Lord's doing something. And then I do feel to touch on discipline, which is something that the elders have to do. It's a horrible word, but it's a necessary word, and God disciplines us because he loves us. Yeah. So um, we saw that they carry a stricter judgment, um, but this one is also quite serious, and it says in 1 Timothy 5, 19 to 20, it says, Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Then talking about the elders, those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may take warning. And um, Jeans and I have actually experienced a public discipline before, and it's, it's, it has been done wrong in many places. We got to experience it done in a way that was restorative. And whenever you see any discipline happen, it's so that we are restoring someone back into relationship with God. And that's always the reason. But there's a second reason here, which is so that all of us would take note of what's actually happening. And we ourselves would say, Lord, help us be holy as you are holy. And uh, help us be pure. And I'll, I'll never forget the day when we had a, an, an elder get stepped down uh, for something. And it was honestly one of the most profound days for me. Um, I have also a church hurt story. Um, and uh, um, it was as if the holiness of the Lord came into the room. Uh, we, we have many of these moments where it's like the joy of the Lord or it's the, the peace of the Lord or the love of the Lord, but this day specifically was like the presence of God coming into the room and every single person was turning to, them, to each other. Uh, yes, an elder had just been stepped down, but everyone was turning to each other just like, hey man, I, I need some help. I, like, I want to process this thing. And we went through weeks as a church of just purity and the Lord just teaching us how to be a pure group of people. Um, and uh, um, for me, it was a restorative of trusting, actually, that there's a way to follow. And it's not a testimony for now, but like my wounds came from the person that baptized me, led me to the Lord, um, taught me so many truths about the faith, is currently today in jail. And uh, it was like huge, huge pain in my life growing up. And um, this watching something like discipline happen healed something in me when I saw it done well. Um, and so just to... Realize that, that there's a reason for God's ways, um, and they're bigger than we realize. Um, cool. And then our last testimony, but not least, Michaela. Where are you? Whoop! Hey. I'm Michaela, but people call me Mix. Um, so I just wanted to share basically about the impact that. Um, <laughs> the elders, specifically Paul and Janine, has had on my life, and it's been huge, like absolutely life-changing. Um, so just a bit of context is necessary. So I grew up um, in a very chaotic home. My dad was very emotionally abusive, um, and he was very aggressive um, and, yeah, very controlling. And my mom wasn't really, like, she was fine, but she wasn't really, like, momming. <laughs> um, so basically, when I came, when I left home and I came to university, I um, I really wasn't interested in father figures. I thought that they were quite unnecessary. Um, and when I got saved and joined the church, I really like I had this understanding of God as my Lord, but not as my Father or my Savior. Like I wasn't really interested in that part of the Lord. 
And when I heard specifically that the elders were the fathers of the house, I was like, great, now I know who to avoid. (laughs) So um, I pretty much, like for years, like being part of the church, actually just not interacting with um, the elders. If I needed direction, I would kind of go to the elder's wife and be like, ask your husband this (laughs) or tell your husband this because I just wasn't interested in interacting with the elders at all. Um, I just sort of saw them as like authority figures that would just tell us what to do, but like weren't very loving or caring because I'd never had anything else. So I didn't know what else to think or believe. Um, And then Janine, which is one of the elders that were on the board, uh, elders' wives, she started discipling me about two years back. Um, And like, I think, I think she's the most like, motherly figure I've probably ever met in my whole life. Um, And then, um, like, slowly, like, Paul also started discipling me, like, alongside Janine. Um, And I, it it was very, very difficult for me. Like, I remember literally going to Paul and Janine and, like, dreading it and having so much anxiety and being like, oh, now I have to talk to Paul. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? What if he says this? Ah. Um, (laughs) And And it was like that for a pretty long time and almost without, it was a very subconscious thing. It was like, okay, this is what men are like. Just kind of prepare yourself, like brace yourself. Um, And then one day I um, was talking to Paul and Janine and I was talking to them about um, Humphrey, my boyfriend, actually had to push me to talk to them because I had a question. I didn't understand why I had to do something, but I was like, okay, yeah. Anyways, I had a question and... Um, after like a while of talking and me just kind of like still bracing myself whenever Paul was talking, just being like, oh, please just get this over with. Um, Paul looked at me and he was like, I'm not trying to control you. I love you. And I just completely broke down. And um, like ever since then, like Paul and Janine have literally been I don't even want to say like spiritual parents because they fulfilled the role of my actual parents. So I just call them like mom and dad and people are like, but they're your spiritual parents. And I'm like, no, like (laughs) they're my actual mom and dad. Like they, I phoned them like literally last week and this week that just passed, I've phoned Janine like randomly and just been like crying on the phone. And she's always been there to support me and like love me. Um, And they are like such a safe they're such a safe place. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bit, guys. There's some, some stuff to, to chew on and let the Lord, ref, you know, reflect um, in your heart. And, and I'm going to talk through a few, few areas just to put some... Um, pinpoints on them. Um, but we don't come to church just for fun. We come because Jesus wants to work in us so that we can become more um, in him. There's, there's a role. So open your hearts to what the Lord wants to do, to do in you. It could be the smallest thing. Just let the Lord speak to you. So I spoke about those children that used to act out, um, and I did some research into what happens when a child feels unsafe. So um, one of them is that a child becomes hyper-vigilant and starts, um, they, they can't be content, they can't be safe, they can't be themselves in the area, and they're constantly looking around 
Um, and I think spiritually, we can, we can do that. We can constantly feel insecure in a space that we feel unsafe in. The other one, which was interesting, is that you can regress in your behavior. So you can actually, uh, the child regresses and, and takes on lower developmental stages. And um, sometimes, spiritually, if we feel unsafe, we don't feel the freedom to actually, you know what, I'm going to share that word because I feel safe here. You sit back in where you're always going to be, and you're never actually able to strengthen some muscles, give it a go, make a mistake, learn, fall over, um, and you, 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 you don't actually grow up in the Lord. Um, so I think it's really important that we find safety in this body. And then um, if it comes to trauma, um, and we've had trauma in the past, we might find ourselves withdrawing. So I think Mix is an example of, of withdrawing, isolating herself um, from relationship. Um, and uh, we will never be able to be vulnerable again because we've got this hurt that we haven't uh, worked through with the Lord. Um, and then um, sometimes with trauma, you can have unexpected, or the, the child has unexpected behavior or sudden fits of anger. And it's not that we necessarily have that, but we do have triggers. And it's almost like talk nowadays of what's your trigger? Uh, my trigger is this. What are the little pet peeves that, you know? But actually triggers when we're not dealt with. They're going to come up over and over. Every time that person says that word, it's going to trigger something. Um, I used to have um, a bit off topic, but the word favor used to, because I had a friend group that twisted the word. Like if I heard the word favor in church, I just thought, nah. And it would trigger me, and I had to realize that actually God is a God of favor. He is a God that wants to provide. Um, So, yeah, just to be aware of those triggers when they pop up. Um, Otherwise, you'll never be able to trust people. Um, and then neglect. If you've ever experienced neglect in your life, um, you might find yourself longing for praise um, and love and affirmation. Um, that's the one way. And then you might just struggle to relate and build relationships because you have a low self-esteem. You don't realize that in Christ you are everything that you ever needed to be. Um, and you're constantly requiring of other people to affirm you. Um, and having a low self-esteem is not finding people that are then going to tell you, you know, that you're more it's actually finding time with the Lord for him to actually tell you the truth about who you are so that you can stand uh, content in your space. And uh, Ruan mentioned it, and just to end off, the elders, the deacons, the uh, saints, uh, the apostles, they're going to get it wrong. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to let us down. They're going to hurt us. Jesus will not. Jesus will not make a mistake with us. He'll not drop us. He'll not hurt us. He won't allow things in our lives, but there's a reason. And um, I think if there's one thing for us to end off with today, it's that we realize, yes, there are things we can work through with the Lord, but we realize that it is the kindness of God to give us a leadership structure. It's the kindness of God to give us functions. It's so that we can feel safe. We can actually enjoy our walks with God. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think there is a time now where we should pray for people that feel like they need prayer. But uh, my sense is that when we, when, when we start worshiping, let's turn to the Lord. Let's thank Him. Let's thank Him for what He's done for us. Let's thank Him for this incredible body that He's given us. Um, and uh, uh, let's enjoy, enjoy being His children. Yeah, so I don't know, Ruan, if you want to lead us in yeah, just a sense of if anything's resonated. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is quite a, I think, an intricate topic. 
and uh, and people each one of us got our own story in this and um but yeah, well done gala for for bringing that message <laughs> but I think to this morning it's a it's an invitation into god's way um and there might be reasons why we haven't stepped into it. We, we've got hurt. We don't trust. Um, we are orphans. We, um, whatever the reason why, it's just like something in you like, ah, I can't. And I want you, yeah, I want people to, to come forward. And like, we, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for that healing. Like, this is God's purpose. It's God's plan. It's not ours. It's not the elders. This is Jesus' way. And uh, it's a beautiful thing when, it's, um, when we submit to it. Like, it brings life. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you feel like you are anything that Gala said, that's pinpointed on your heart, or... You feel today like you're you're an orphan. You're not a real a child in the house. Like, come forward, and it's it's God doing the healing. It's God. That's the thing that's opening our hearts to be vulnerable. Like, he's he's inviting. He loves us. He he says he doesn't want anything harmful to come towards us, and he wants to, to like a a hen gathers chickens, uh, her chicks. He wants to gather us and um, yeah so yeah, if you feel led to come forward yeah, I invite you and we can pray for you yeah. um, and also just another invite is there might be visitors here as well that yeah it's you hear this thing of this family and the, uh, this, the God's church, but Jesus is still something far off, and He's not Lord. And He's also inviting you that are far off to come close. He wants to bring healing. He wants to change and heal you of where your heart's been broken. He wants to come and give life. And um, I want to also yeah, invite you, if you feel like, oh, Lord, I've been wrestling with you. Are you real? Like, he's inviting you. Come and, and meet with him. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've also experienced church hurt, even in this church, like Jesus says, like, come and bear with one another, forgive one another. Um, so, yeah. Can I also ask the leaders to come up and to pray for, for each other? Like, even if you are just a saint. Yeah, I almost feel like let's, let's if you, you don't have to have faith to pray, come, come stand around these people. These people have been vulnerable. They've said that they, they need a family. Um, let's, let's come up. It doesn't really matter who you are. Come with faith that um, the Lord's going to restore something in each person.